I'm Justin Lesko, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and former pro MMA fighter. And I'm Mike Callahan, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and a law enforcement officer. Hey, Mike Callahan, do you know who I like purely for no other reason than they post controversial training videos and we can talk about them? I do. I think I do. Is it Sean Strickland? It is. What an amazing guest by you. Yeah, it's almost like we plan what we're going to say. Whatever. Regardless, uh, Sean Strickland, as you know, we're sure most of you know, recently knocked out a, uh, a training partner during sparring, and it's kind of reignited this this debate that we had recently touched on regarding how hard is too hard when it comes to training or sparring. We're going to talk about that, but then also talk about jujitsu specifically. Is it a good idea to train 100% all the time? Is flow rolling worth it? Do you know what is worth it? New gear from EpicRollBJJ.com. And it's especially worth it when you're using the coupon code PODCAST15. Epic Roll is jujitsu apparel made by and for grapplers, and they have everything you need. Geese, rash guards, coffee mugs, keychains, whatever you need, they have you covered there. Give Epic Roll a follow on the gram at Epic Roll BJJ and make sure you tag them when you're rocking your new gear. Yeah, EpicRollBJJ.com, coupon code PODCAST15. Now let's argue. Welcome to That Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. So as the person who runs the show's Instagram, and I run my own Instagram, obviously, yeah. yep. I always love when Sean Strickland is in the news because he's undoubtedly posted something that will be controversial. And I really like Instagram for the fact that I can post something and I can say, hey, a bunch of people, what do you think about it? And Sean Strickland will always deliver us lots of comments and a lot of debate. This debate about sparring and was Sean Strickland in the right for knocking this dude out? Is it okay because they were training for a fight and it's sparring or was it a dick move? Um, I have my thoughts. I know yeah. you have your thoughts. Yeah. We, but we also have two different backgrounds because I am a former professional fighter who sparred a lot in my life. And you are not a former professional fighter, and you have not sparred a lot in your life. So I think we'll have different perspectives. So let's start with you first. All right. So I'm not a huge Sean Strickland fan to begin with. This isn't the first time that this whole sparring bullshit has has come up, and he's been involved in it. Uh, we've seen these videos before. But I do understand that if you're a professional fighter, there's going to be levels to your training, levels to your sparring, and speaking specifically to that the love there's going to be levels of intensity um to your training so yeah it, it i understand that it's not a normal tuesday night kickboxing class at the gym uh when you have a ufc fighter who's preparing for a fight especially a you know a highly ranked ufc fighter i just i think that you need to recognize the abilities of your training partners. I need, and it's not just on him either, right? Because it's on his coach. Like if this guy, if these guys are just warm bodies that you're throwing in to the lion's den to let them get mauled, like that's fucked up on the coach's part. Um, and that's not really on Sean Strickland. But if these guys are, are high level guys who are capable of, of pushing the pace and, you know, not necessarily matching him, when it comes to abilities, but, you know, pushing him. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's okay. My big, so my biggest problem with Sean Strickland, it goes back to the Orlando Sanchez thing, and it has nothing to do with me being Orlando Sanchez fanboy, which I am, 
Shout out Orlando Sanchez. Just feel free to respond to me once or twice, dog, on Instagram. Like you don't got to ignore us. We're, we're, we're fans. But anyway, it's not going to happen. It will eventually. You can't pick and choose when you're doing this. And and if like get pissed off at Orlando Sanchez for what he did, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you know go a million miles per hour with other people in sparring, and it just it it doesn't. It's not a good look. That's all. I, so, if you're going to go hard all the time, you can't get pissed off when people go hard at you. And I know he's going to say that was jujitsu and he had a fight coming up, but that's bullshit. If you're going to go hard all the time, then people are going to come to expect that of you. And when they go hard back, you can't really bitch about it. It's hard sometimes with these videos because we come in with no context. You're just picking up in the middle of the action. Same thing with the Orlando Sanchez video. Same thing with, with this video with Sean Strickland. My problem with the video is that Sean Strickland, it's not a situation where he caught him with one shot and the dude was KO'd. Mm -hmm. This dude was wobbled. This dude was not standing up straight on his own. This dude was in trouble. So at that point in sparring, that's a punching bag. So for you to throw a head kick to put him down, which is what he did, you're essentially throwing a head kick at a punching bag because the punching bag is not going to hit back and this dude was not in a position to hit back. And whether this dude that he's sparring with is a UFC champion or an amateur fighter, a person who's wobbled like that, you can put them down with a shot or choose not to. I've always had the approach in sparring where if I'm sparring with someone and they're clearly rocked, they're clearly wobbled, there's not the round is over, I'm just not going to punch them in the head until I can see that they're fully recovered. I'm going to move around. I'm going to throw some lighter attacks to the body or to the legs. Choosing to hit an opponent and a partner who is clearly already compromised is not benefiting you at all, and it's really harming them. So I don't see the point in it. Let's not act like Sean Strickland is like this fucking guy, like you know, um, you know, Zen and fucking at peace. And just, this is a guy who said that he wants to, isn't he the one who said he wants to fucking kill somebody in in the ring or something? I don't remember specifically him saying that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Mike's getting his phone out. Well, before we, hold on. Yeah. 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 It was this year. He, this is on MMA junkie, uh, following his win, uh, over Uriah Hall. Um, He said, with a straight face, that he would love nothing more than to kill somebody in the ring. Yeah, so that's the type of person we're dealing with here. Bro, bro, do you need a hug? Like, (laughs) what the fuck? Like, again, we talked about this, and I don't want to, I don't want to, like, continuously, like, beat this drum, but these guys are fighters, right? We talked about Joe Riggs, and we talked, and at the end of the day, like, it has nothing to do with like, you know, like Dana White said this in the past, like some of these guys are, you know, thugs and, and you know, you're talking about like being civilized and everything. It does, like they're fighters, right? I, I get that. But at the end of the day, this is a sport. Okay. It's an occupation. People do this for a living. The goal is not to fucking kill people right right and like like just from an approach like a an approach to sparring and an approach to training i've always liked the model of light to the head hard to the body 100 percent to the legs because mm -hmm. you only get so many shots to the head 
You only get so many so many times in your life you can get hit in the head and come back from it and not have it completely derail your entire career. You can throw with speed to the head and not power. You can still throw snappy, quick punches without 100% power behind them. It can be done. It's not like you're sparring in slow motion. This is a sport where you only get paid if you fight, right? You only get paid if you show up and fight. If your fight gets canceled, 99% of the time, they're not still cutting you a check. You need to make it to the fight. You need your opponent to make it to the fight. You get to a point of diminishing returns where you say, I want to spar at 100%, so I want people throwing 100% power at me so I get used to defending it. You're going to get hit in sparring. You're just, you just are. And if you're encouraging people to spar at 100% with shots to the head over and over and over every week, every time you train, you're not going to make it to the fight. You're going to make it to the fight more compromised than you want to be. Right. Yeah. No, and no one's doubting Sean Strickland doesn't have that, you know, and again, I'm speaking figuratively here. Maybe I shouldn't be, but no one's doubting that Sean Strickland doesn't have that killer mindset, you know, like that finisher's mentality. The gym that Justin and I came up in, you know, there were jujitsu classes most nights of the week. And then, but Thursday nights was the, the MMA class. And if you went in there Friday morning for class, like I remember I would go in there and there'd be fucking, you know, blood on the mats or like you'd go in the bathroom and there's, there's bloody fucking t- I remember saying to Anthony a couple times I'm like is, is what happens in here on Thursday nights is it like is it a like is it is, is this a war zone in here and he's like yeah they go pretty hard but it's never ever like we never had any of those issues at that gym maybe we had other issues at that gym <laughs> but we never had the right we never had issues at that gym where um, guys were trying to kill each other, you know, and, and, and part of that was Anthony. Anthony set that tone early on. Like he didn't put up with that kind of bullshit in that place. Um, but for the most part, like you guys would go in there, you would go hard on Thursday nights, but it was never about trying to, to tear each other's heads off. You know what I mean? Like there was always, there was a a common sense about it. Like there was, there was some reasoning and rationale behind it. Like you guys are teammates, you're helping each other get prepared for these fights and it's doing nobody good if you're putting people to sleep on a consistent basis, you know? Sparring will always have a natural escalation. Right. Even if you're light sparring, I might hit you at 10% and you hit me at 11. So the next time I hit you at 12 and before you know it, we're hitting each other at 100% power. Like it's just, there's a natural escalation to sparring. It's important to have the trust in your sparring partners that you can control your emotion of, okay, he probably hit me a little harder than he intended to, so I'm not going to hit him harder on purpose. Or like you said, having the recognition of we're teammates, you know, we, you're going to do this once a week, we're going to come in and thump on each other. Like we, it can't be a fist fight. It needs to be sparring. It's not trying mm-hmm. to kill each other. I've always liked the quote that I think I, I first heard it from Conor McGregor's coach, John Cavanaugh, where he said, you need to upgrade the software without damaging the hardware. And I think that's a pretty good encapsulation. You need to upgrade your ability, upgrade your technique, upgrade your reads and your timing without smashing your fucking brain in. I don't expect Sean Strickland to say, oh, those, those two idiots on that jujitsu podcast <laughs> said that, uh, that, you know, I went too far, so maybe I should tone it down. Like, no, then, you know, it's, this is just an opinion. Like, it's fucking wrong. And he's not the only one to blame there. Who's ever overseeing that training should have intervened before that guy hit the mat. Each gym will have different culture. 
each gym will have different rules and if if the way that they train there is sparring is a full-on fight and it's not over until the round ends or or someone goes down and all parties know that going into the round you can't fault sean strickland because sean strickland is just doing you know what is expected of him or what everyone expects to happen at that at that that gym what i'm saying is if i have an mma gym that is not the culture and that is not an efficient way to spar or what we should do so i don't like it like i said because the guy was wobbled i don't think that people should spar that way if they do then i can't tell them like like you said who am i to say you shouldn't do it that way if that's the way you do it if that's the way they do it they're stupid and they shouldn't but that's the way they do it so this whole thing like you know we you and i were talking about like hard sparring versus lighter sparring and being smarter in sparring and jujitsu specifically flow rolls exist and for anyone who's not familiar with the flow roll it's basically just you're not drilling you're actually rolling but you're rolling at a very light pace you don't have the intention of actually hitting a submission you're just kind of moving through positions and flowing which is why it's called that um I have a very strong opinion about flow rolls. I know you have a probably different opinion. Uh, I think flow rolls are stupid, and I don't like them. No, I have the I have the same opinion. Uh, the only time, and a lot of it's the mentality of of the gym I'm at now um, at United. Uh, the only time that we flow roll, and I the only time I've ever flow rolled at that gym um, is when you know at the beginning of like. Um, an open mat or beginning of a, of a a competition class where they're just like, Hey, listen, guys, we're just getting warmed up. Just grab somebody and just flow roll for, for a round just to get warmed up. But other than that, anytime that you walk through the doors there, like you you don't flow roll. It's you're banging for six minutes. You're banging from six minutes for six minutes on your feet. Um, and people are getting launched around that fucking gym. So yeah, flow rolling's not, no, I, I, they I don't. Like, they don't. They don't. They don't flow roll in Jenkintown. I, I like hard training. Jiu-jitsu is a sport you can train 100% of the time with minimal risk of injury. You're not training 100% in Muay Thai and getting head kicked. You're just training 100% and getting armbarred. And you there's you you tap and you move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Flow roll is okay if you're coming back from an injury or you're just trying to move around. I don't even like a flow roll for a warm up because just like sparring, it has a natural escalation. And I'm always worried, am I being a bad training partner? Am I not being flowy enough? Am I doing too much? And I don't like that feeling. Um, I don't get anything out of it. I don't get cardio out of it. It doesn't do anything for me. I don't get better technique out of it because I'm moving at 15% of my speed and power. I know a lot of people like it because they say that they'll try new things that they wouldn't try in a real round, but... If you're gonna do that, just drill it. No. Like, yeah, just drill it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I have some issues with it, but I, like, here, here's the other thing. I always like to f- to know that I'm being pushed in my mind harder in practice than than I could be in competition, right? So, like, I that w- it was it was almost like a luxury, not at the time because you're getting pushed to the brink, and that's how it is um, at United too. Like, I I know that um on a consistent basis i'm being pushed harder in training than i will um in competition or that's you know that's how hard the training is like when you when you're you can barely catch your breath at the end when you're just like kind of laying on the mats because you're so so spent at the end you're like there's no way a competition can be this hard 
You know, there's no way one super fight. At that point, you can do 10 minutes standing on your head. You know, when you do 10 six-minute rounds from the feet, you're like, Jesus Christ, like, how hard is one match going to be after this? So it doesn't seem like a luxury at the time, but it's a huge benefit. Um, training at, you know, such an intense pace um, is a huge benefit to your jiu-jitsu. If anything, do situational sparring. Okay, we're going to start in bottom side control and work out and then get back. Yep. That's a good warm-up. It's not a full intense round. You can kind of just keep resetting once the position changes. But I get why some people like flow rolls. But for me, if I'm walking through the door, I want hard, intense rounds. I, I'm not there for easy goings. But uh, I guess do it if you like it. Again, who am I to say, like, if someone likes flow rolls, like, go ahead, man, to your heart's content. But if you come to my school you will nary find a flow roll. It's awkward when you try and uh, up the pace when someone's flow roll. Right. You always feel like you're the jerk for like and being more intense, but we're jerks for plenty of other reasons. I don't need to be a jerk in a flow roll. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an asshole. And a nice spot to end on. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening, and we really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you want to get even more of us in your life, the link to our YouTube channel is below. YouTube has tons of stuff we don't post on this feed, things that don't really work audio only, like technique breakdowns and video blogs. And if you want even more content and you want to support the show, the link to our Patreon is below as well. For as little as three bucks a month on Patreon, you can get early access to episodes, ad-free episodes, bonus episodes, and more, so please check it out. Say, flow rolls are for babies. Yeah, flow rolls are for babies. For once, we agree on something. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.